0: Welcome to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Your host, Leonard Birdsong, is a law professor, a former diplomat, and a former federal prosecutor who's here to inform and entertain you with a mix of humor, opinion, and information. Now, here's Leonard Birdsong.
1: Yes, sir. It is Leonard Birdsong on Leonard Birdsong Radio. So happy to be here with you on Talk Zone. I'm in the beautiful studio of Talk Zone in Orlando, Florida. Today is the 10th day of August and, uh, I've got a good show for you. I'm going to do read some of my dumb criminal law stories as usual. I'm going to also talk about the grand jury in Washington, D.C a place I know very well, and about grand jury in general. Most people don't know much about the grand jury. I have some words of wisdom that my colleague Bill Davidson has sent me. We will talk about some news tidbits, and of course, we will finish up with some riddles. So I want to get started with some dumb criminal law stories, but first of all, why don't we go to this piece of news that I found. You know, the Gallup organization does polls for all kinds of things. This is a weird one that I found recently, thought I wanted to tell you about. It says conspicuously coupling. Moral acceptance of polygamy is at an all-time high since record-keeping on the issue was started. Polygamy? This is for all you polygamists out there. In 2003, only 7% of the people in the United States thought that Polygamy, polygamy was morally acceptable. In 2007, it had gone up to 17% of the American population. So polygamy is becoming more acceptable. Now, let me just say this. Many people don't know this. If you are a polygamist from another country, you cannot immigrate to the United States legally. You cannot get a green card if you are a polygamist. For whatever reason, our immigration law says we don't want polygamists here. Up until 1991, you couldn't even get a visitor's visa to come to the United States if you were a polygamist. However, in 1991, that was done away with. So now we have visitors from other countries who are polygamists. However, if you are a polygamist overseas, you cannot get a green card. Information you didn't need to know, but I thought it was so interesting. I know about the polygamy thing because I used to be a State Department officer and I used to oversee the issuance of visas overseas. But anyway, let's get to some stories. You know my program is a unique blend of humor, opinion, storytelling, and information. On Leonard Birdsong Radio, you will never find fake news. But you will find some news that might make you laugh out loud. My true stories about dumb criminals and their shenanigans I report each week. There will also be some news tidbits. So let's get started with the stories for this week. They come from all over. First one from Ohio. The headline, Runny Egg Iyer. Runny Egg Iyer. Police in South Euclid, Ohio, arrested a 20-year-old man in a steak-and-shake restaurant after he allegedly threatened to kill employees because the egg on his sandwich was too runny. Yes, he was arrested for aggravated menacing. (laughs) Here's a story from Taiwan. Headline. It really was his last day of work for several reasons. The story, McDonald's apologized after a Chinese employee was pictured bathing in the restaurant's sink. The manager in Taichung City, Taiwan, was caught on camera in March by a horrified customer who posted the photo online. The manager said he was washing cake off his body after a celebration on his last day of work. To which I say, must have been some celebration and it must have been some cake. (laughs) All right, this next story comes from the United Kingdom. United Kingdom, which is England. The headline comes from the play Macbeth. The headline, Out Out Damn Spot. The story a school in London apologized for a homework assignment in which teens wrote their own suicide notes. About 60 teens studying Shakespeare's Macbeth at the Talis School were told to write morbid letters which infuriated parents who claimed it disturbed their children. Now, the assignment was supposed to help the young people understand Lady Macbeth, who dies, quote, By self and violent hands, end quote, said school officials. I think that that was a stupid thing for school officials to do. Yeah, others agree with me. Out, out, damn spot. Here's another one from England. Headline read, some secret ingredient. We learned recently that a London supermarket supplier boosted his profits by mixing his beef with a secret ingredient, horse meat. Adronicus Sedaris, owner of Dinos and Sons Limited, was, con- was convicted of fraud for what they call the mare-raising trick. Not hair-raising, mare-raising trick, get it? Oh, the mirror-raising trick. That is funny. (laughs) All right, back to the United States. This next story from Virginia. The headline. How did he get into the home? In late July of this year, a woman called the police to report noises she had been hearing in her house only to find out that it was actually a homeless man living in her attic. Anthony Jones, 60, was arrested and charged with unlawful entry after officers found him hanging out in the woman's residence in Arlington, Virginia. Jones had with him a backpack, some clothes, and bedding. Of course, now he's sleeping in the Arlington County Jail. Yep, the Arlington County Jail. That's in Arlington County, Virginia. I've been there many times. It's right across the river from Washington, D.C. I used to have clients locked up in the Arlington County Jail. All right, it's not that funny. You can calm down now. All right, we've got some stories from Wisconsin. Don't get many stories from Wisconsin, but this week seems like we've hit the mother load. First story, the headline says, Heard the one about the drunk man who walked into, and then the story goes, it appears from a police report that an alleged drunk driver walked into a phone store and asked to be served chicken. The the strange request inside an AT&T store in the town of Mount Pleasant, Wisconsin, led police to track down Fernando Zamora, 54, of Kenosha, in his Cadillac, Zamora admitted he had taken Xanax and Adderall earlier in the day. To me, this sounds like the Tiger Woods DWI defense. <laughs> Another story from Wisconsin. Headline, he certainly made himself at home. We learned that police in the town of Appleton, Wisconsin, charged a man with breaking into a house. Drinking whiskey he found there, eating a muffin, and then falling asleep naked in a bed. Police suspect that the accused burglar Bradley Braxton, 40, of Oshkosh, the an Oshkosh resident, was high on crystal meth. Yes, I guess crystal meth would let you make you do that sort of thing. Now here's the best story from Wisconsin, one I haven't heard. The headline read, Diaper Crooks Pinned in Prison. Diaper Crooks Pinned in Prison. Two men accused of stealing 100,000 diapers from a charity have been sentenced to jail time. Jason Havel was sentenced to nine months in jail in July for stealing the diapers from the Fox City's diaper bank in the town of Fox Crossing Wisconsin, that's a town about a 100 miles northwest of Milwaukee. His co-defendant, John Forbes, was given the same sentence in June of this year. Now, the two men must pay a total of about $30,000 in restitution. The thefts had occurred at a warehouse in January and February of this year, and authorities said the men hoped to make money off the stolen goods. My, 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 100,000 diapers? That's a lot of poop. (laughs) All right. We've got a few more here. This next story comes from China. The headline, perhaps she could not face her problems. (laughs) I like that headline. Perhaps she could not face her problems. Here's the story. We learned that a Chinese woman transformed her appearance recently with plastic surgery in an effort to avoid paying off millions in personal debts. Zhu Nazhuang, 59, of Wuhan, owed $3.7 million when she had the surgery. When caught by the police in recent weeks, officers said she looked half her age, but fingerprints do not lie. Perhaps she could not face her problems, huh? <laughs> I like that. Here's one from Florida. You know a lot of stories come from Florida, but I don't have a lot of them today, but I do have two of them. Here's the first one. the headline beach ban a seventy a seventy three year old man was banned from a Florida beach after a parent complained he was handing out business cards that read quote "Sugar daddy." seeking sugar baby, end quote. His name, Richard Basaraba, must stay off the beach for six months for violating an ordinance that prohibits soliciting on the beach, according to Belusia County Beach Safety Captain Tammy Maris. Basaraba said he was devastated by what he called an overreaction. He allegedly handed an 18-year-old girl a card that featured a picture of a young woman sitting on an older man's lap. No, no, no. Beach man. Beach man. 73-year-olds, you shouldn't be doing that. All right, here's a <laughs> – all right, it is sort of funny. Okay. Now, this one, <laughs> I don't know if it's funny or it's sad. It's this last story I have today from Florida, the headline read, quote, peek in the police car before trying to steal it, end quote. A young moron tried to force open the passenger side door of a police cruiser with Fort Pierce officer Robbie Troutman sitting behind the wheel. This is according to prosecutors. The suspect, Aaron Rodriguez, who's 20 years old, took off, but Troutman and fellow officers made a quick, re- a quick arrest. He is now in jail in Fort Pierce, Florida. Attempted motor vehicle theft. (laughs) Well, those are our stories, dumb criminal law stories for this week. They never end. They're always there, and Professor Birdsong is here to read some of them for you. If you want to get in touch with me, you can email me at lbirdsong22 at gmail.com. If you want to read some of my dumb criminal law stories on my blog, please do. They're free to read. Go to www.BirdsongsLaw, all one word, BirdsongsLaw.com, and you can read my stories on my blog. Right now, I want you to stay with us. We have to take a pause for the cause, and I'm going to come back and talk about The Grand Jury. This is Leonard Birdsong on Talk Zone. <music>
2: Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232, or go to consumerdebtcounselors.org slash birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232.
0: Although he's been involved in serious criminal law work over the years as a prosecutor, a defense attorney, and a law professor, Leonard Birdsong knows that it's good to stay grounded. That means not always taking criminal law so seriously and instead just having a good laugh at some dumb criminals and their dumber crimes. Several years ago, he began to collect and compile weird and funny criminal law stories. He shares some of them weekly on his Talk Zone Internet radio program. And now you can read more. Of them yourself in one of his 14 humor books. He has two book series Professor Birdsong's Dumbest Criminal Law Stories and Professor Birdsong's Weird Criminal Law Stories. They're available for purchase in either paperback or Kindle edition by going to the author link on the homepage at LeonardBirdsong.com. Leonard knows that you'll get a few good laughs or at least a few chuckles from his collections of dumb and weird criminal law stories. Check them out for yourself by going to the author link at leonardbirdsong.com. Welcome back to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com.
1: Yes, this is Leonard Birdsong Radio, and I am the Leonard Birdsong, so happy to be here with you on TalkZone Radio. If you want to find out more about me, you can also go to my website, leonardbirdsong.com. You can read about what I've done over the years, as a lawyer, a diplomat, a federal prosecutor. But today I want to talk to you about the grand jury. Some of you may who follow the news know that Special Counsel Robert Mueller is investigating whether the Trump campaign, the President's Trump campaign, colluded with the Russians. And he has been doing investigative work through the grand jury. First of all, the one in Arlington, Virginia, which is across the Potomac River from Washington, D.C., but we learned this week that uh, Mr. Mueller has opened up a grand jury in Washington, D.C. Now, a lot of Republicans criticize this because Washington, D.C. is a a Democratic city. Most people vote Democratic, and uh, people are saying, well, they went to D.C. because of the fact that most of the people are Democrats, and they probably wouldn't like a Republican. But you know, look, I lived in Washington, D.C. most of my adult life. The demographics of Washington, D.C. are 49% African American, 39% white, 11% Hispanic. Everyone gets along pretty well. Yeah, There are a lot of Democrats there, but it's a city that takes law and order seriously. Now what is a grand jury? A grand jury is a secretive body that does investigations. The grand jury system is an institution that grew out of English speaking countries and the concept of the grand jury is established in the fifth amendment of our constitution. Let me read it to you. I have the constitution right here in my hand. Amendment five, first very clause, first very clause or the first Clause here says, No person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on a presentment or indictment of a grand jury, except in cases arising in the land or naval forces or in the militia. So, this thing about capital or infamous crimes, that's language from the 18th century, it basically means. A capital crime is one for which you can be put to death, and an infamous crime is a felony crime, one for which you can go to prison. So grand juries are secretive bodies. I, as an assistant U.S. attorney, that is a federal prosecutor in Washington, D.C., back in the 1980s, had to do grand jury work as part of my rotation in the U.S. attorney's office there. As a matter of fact, I spent a year doing grand jury work, and uh, this was basically 1981 and 82, a long time ago, but I learned a lot about it. Now, let's just talk, oh, what about a grand jury? I guess the best legal definition, it's a group of citizens usually chosen from the same pool as trial jurors. In Washington, D.C., the grand jurors are chosen from the motor voter rules. Rolls, rather the motor vehicle rolls, people who have registered their vehicles, and also from the voting rolls. Uh, the, the grand jury is composed of not less than 12 and not more than 23 persons. This is the federal court. The number shall never be less than 16 or more than 13. Now grand juries, grand juries differ from trial juries because trial jurors have to come to a unanimous decision to find a person guilty of a crime. Unlike grand juries, trial juries cannot indict person or indict a person, but they can indict a person on a majority and not necessarily a unanimous vote. In other words, if you have 12 jurors in a federal trial, they have to be unanimous. In the grand jury, there are 23 jurors, a majority vote. That is, what, 12 is enough to indict a person. The grand jury is only there to determine probable cause. There is no need for the jury to hear all the evidence or even conflicting evidence. It's left to the good faith of the prosecutor to present conflicting evidence. Now, unlike trial juries, grand juries do not usually convene daily. Instead, many grand juries sit only once a week or twice a month. Federal grand juries generally last 18 months. They can be extended to six months. And as I say, the jurors don't have to come every day. Now, grand jurors have... Our grand juries have subpoena power. They can force, that is, subpoena you to present present evidence to the grand jury. Now, if you think you should not have to testify and the request is unreasonable or oppressive, you can file a motion to quash the subpoena. (laughs) Not many of them are quashed, I'll tell you that. Now, if you refuse to do what a subpoena asks, and there are two kinds of subpoenas, one is just a regular subpoena that tells you come down to the grand jury and testify truthfully. Then there's one that says it's called a subpoena duces tecum. That means you come down to the grand jury with certain records and you turn those records over to the grand jury. Now, if you simply refuse to do what the subpoena asks you to do, you can be held in civil contempt of court. That is, you can be fined. It's not criminal intent. If you're held in civil contempt, you can be jailed until you agree to comply with the subpoena or until the grand jury's term ends, whichever comes first. What about witnesses and right to counsel? In a jury trial, defendants have a right to counsel. We all know that. The lawyer sits alongside the defendant in the courtroom. In a grand jury, this is an investigation. In the federal federal system, a witness cannot have his or her lawyer present in the grand jury room. Although witnesses may interrupt their testimony and leave the grand jury room to consult with their lawyer, the lawyer cannot be in the room. Now, one of the main reasons of the grand jury is the secrecy of the grand jury, The Federal Rules of Criminal Procedure says there will be secrecy. Grand jury investigations are surrounded in secrecy, and violating that secrecy is considered criminal content and can also be considered obstruction of justice. Those who are bound to secrecy include everyone but the witnesses to the grand jury, or in the grand jury. Prosecutors are subject to the secrecy. We can't tell what went on. Grand jurors cannot tell what went on. The court reporters and clerical personnel who may be in the grand jury cannot tell what went on, and the identities of grand jurors are kept silent. Now, why are grand juries secret? Well, anyone being investigated cannot interfere with witnesses or otherwise tamper with the investigation if it's secret, and that's always been the way of a grand jury. Now, grand jury can... Return an indictment if they believe that there is probable cause. So let me tell you how it works in Washington, D.C., and other places there have a grand jury. Grand jury, some grand jury investigations are really short. Some of them are real long. The one that Mueller is prosecuting goes probably is going to be much longer, maybe 18 months, maybe less. Some grand jury hearings are only a half a day or a couple of hours. But in all of them, the witness comes into the grand jury. He is sworn in by the foreman of the grand jury. There's an oath that the foreman gives. I won't give you that oath. The prosecutor, and there is no defense attorney in the grand jury. There is no judge in the grand jury. It's just the prosecutor who represents the government. The prosecutor then tells the witness whether he is a target or a subject of an in, of the investigation and if they are not or if they are the subject or the target they can leave the grand jury if they are not a subject or a target they must stay and answer questions they have a right to take the 5th amendment now in the grand jury the prosecutors run the show they bring the witnesses they seek the documents that they want, the grand jurors hear the evidence, and the grand jurors have a right to question the witnesses. The grand jurors have the right to look at the documents. The grand jurors have the right, after all the evidence is in, to listen to the prosecutor tell what laws have been broken. After the prosecutor tells what laws have been broken, the prosecutor will ask the grand jury to vote. The prosecutor must leave the grand jury. The jurors can then vote. There is no time limit on their deliberations. If they reach what's called an agreement to indict, they come out with what's called a true bill. If they decide there is not probable cause, they come out with a no bill. If the jurors do decide to indict, the U.S. Marshals must then take all of the jurors down in front of a U.S. magistrate in the federal courthouse, and each of them are asked by the magistrate if it was their true vote to vote for indictment. That's called gaitherizing the grand jury. Now, I've been in lots of grand jury investigations. Most of the ones I was in were very short. I wish that I could tell you some of the funny stories that may have come out of the grand jury and some of the investigations that I did 30 years ago, but I can't. You know why? I'm still bound to that grand jury secrecy. Now, I can't tell you the stories, but I'll tell you just a little bit more. Where do grand juries come from? Well, the first instance of a grand jury can be traced all the way back to what's known as the Assise of Clarendon in 1166. This is in England. This was an act of King Henry II. Henry II's chief impact on the development of English law was to increase the jurisdiction of the royal courts at the expense of feudal courts. And uh, to make this system of criminal justice more effective, Henry employed the method of inquest used by William the Conqueror. In each shire or county, a body of important men were sworn in. That is, the old word for it was juried. That's where jury comes from. They were sworn to report to the sheriff all crimes committed since the last session of the circuit court. Thus originated the more recent grand jury that presents information for an indictment. Now, the grand jury was later recognized by King John and the Magna Carta in 1215, and the grand jury can be said to have celebrated its 800th anniversary in 2015. Now, the irony, England, where it started, got rid of the grand jury but we still have it in the United States. As a matter of fact, only two countries in the world employ grand juries on a regular basis, the United States and the African country of Liberia. Most of you probably didn't know all of this, but I'm telling it to you. The grand jurors are very interested. I can tell you that the questions they ask are usually good, professional, and probing. I'm glad that I've had the chance to do grand jury work, we will see how the D.C. jury works out the case against President Trump and his alleged collusion. This is Leonard Bertsong on on Talk Zone Radio. I have more to come. Watch more to come. Stay with us.
2: Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited, nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to consumerdebtcounselors.org slash birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232.